Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. We are in Luke chapter 12. It's good to be back. I missed you guys last week, but we're in Luke 12. We're going to be going from verses uh, 1 to 12. So verse 1 says, if you're there, can you say amen if you're there? Amen. You're there, say amen. amen. All right. Meanwhile, verse 1, a crowd of many thousands came together so that they were trampling on one another. He began to say to his disciples, first, be on guard, on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. I say to you, my friends, my friends, do, don't fear those who kill the body and after that can do nothing more. But I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And I say to you, anyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Whenever they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about what you, how, how to defend yourselves or what you should say. Here's why. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what must be said. God, we give you thanks for the word. And God, we pray that you would help us to come under it, to appreciate the word that you have here for us, to live by it, to let it rejoice our hearts now as we listen to it. God, we pray that it would equip us for life in this world. We pray, Father, that our hearts would be, I'm ready, Lord, to hear from you. I pray that's the spot we would be in. And I know, God, that if I listen to you and follow you, my life may not get easier, but it will be better. And so I pray, Father, that you would help me to serve my brothers and sisters who I love. Now, through the ministry of the word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in this text, what Jesus tells you and tells me is to fear the Lord and no one else. 
Let me say it again because you should have shouted. You are to fear the Lord and no one else. People who fear the Lord revere and respect him. They know God is our creator, that God is our provider, that God is the judge of the universe. People who fear the Lord don't want to lose the blessing and friendship of God. People who fear the Lord believe his wrath is real, so they follow his commands. People who fear the Lord live a wise life, not a foolish one. It's wise to fear the Lord. I'm going to give you four reasons. Here's the first one, because God will expose everything we've done. Meanwhile, it says, a crowd of many thousands came together so that they were trampling on one another. So Jesus and the disciples are popular. Words out on him, and so people want to be around them. They're falling all over each other to be around Jesus. And watch what he does. He says, he began to say to his disciples, first, be on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. See, Jesus knows that when you are popular, it's tempted, tempting to live a double life. When people like you, you like staying liked. And so hypocrisy becomes a real temptation. That's why he says, therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in the ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So Jesus, he gives them this warning. He's like, I know people like you and I know it's tempting to want them to keep liking you. And so he says, Don't be hypocritical. That's why it says, be on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Right? Hypocrites play a role. They pretend to be something they're not. And that's how the Pharisees lived. They lived what you would call a double life. And Jesus says, if you live like that, it's going to go bad for you. And notice that he calls hypocrisy leaven. That's because hypocrisy, if you allow allow it into your life, will spread like weeds to every area of your life. Hypocrites are deceived. They walk around thinking, you know, I, I can fool people. I'm fooling everybody. But here's what the text tells you. You can't fool God. Sees it all, knows it all. Rick Ross said, well, the things that I did in the dark ever be seen in the light. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, oh yeah. Lift your voice, oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's coming out. When the Lord comes, it's all going to be exposed. You know why God can expose everything? Because he's omniscient. That's one of his attributes, knows everything. God's omniscience penetrates every locale. God's omniscience knows every thought. God's omniscience hears every single word. And so what God is telling you is he is saying, be wise. It's a warning to live wisely. God gives a warning. He says, if you're a hypocrite, wake up. If you're living that double life, don't think you're going to get away with it. It's all going to be exposed. It's a warning. It's a merciful warning. Because you know why? Shayan said this last week. He's like, ain't none of you dead yet. And judgment hasn't come yet. Which means if you're in that spot, if you're, you know it, when you hear it, you're like, I am. There is some real hypocritical things going on. The word to you is repent. 
turn from that. And here's the thing, sometimes when we're living that double life, we think, oh, if people knew what I was doing, if, I got, if they saw, if they knew me really, would they, they probably would reject me. And so we start to be fearful. Here's the thing, though. People may reject you, but here's the thing. God knows everything you're doing. And when you come to God, he will not reject you. God will embrace you. He will forgive you. And he will start the process of changing your life. So you come to him. Fear the Lord and no one else because the Lord has all authority. Verse 4, he says, I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body and after that can do nothing more. But I will show you the one to fear. Fear who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. I love Jesus. He doesn't lie to you. Amen. He tells you the hard thing because he cares about you. You're going to see all through this text, Jesus cares about us. That's why he gives us a hard word. And you've got to understand, this command that he gives, right, because the command is given in the context of opposition. Look back at chapter 11, verse 54. It says, they were lying in wait for him to trap him in something he said. Jesus has been going at the scribes and Pharisees, and now the Bible says they are hunting Jesus. They are, they are looking for a way to harm and hurt him. And they, the way that they oppose Jesus, people are going to oppose us. And opposition, if we're honest, is kind of scary. But Jesus says, verse 4, don't fear people who can kill you and do nothing more. Who can do nothing more. Now you're like, wait a minute, Mark. Death is kind of scary. You're telling me you're never afraid of that. You're never afraid of somebody roughing you up, doing you harm, taking you out of this world. Sometimes I'm afraid. But here's the thing you got to remember. People can take you out of this world, but they can never take you out of your relationship with the Savior. If you die, if they take your life, you are going to fall into the hands of God your Father. Absence from the body, present with the, you say it, present with the, absent from the body, present with the, that's right, right on home, you're going to make it. See, human power, this is what the text is telling you, is limited, but God's power is unlimited. That's why Jesus says, this is the one to fear, and he gives us this word because he knows the fear of man is a real struggle. Put your hand up if you ever fear the man, fear man. If you don't put your hand up, you're lying. <laughs> the fear of man is a real struggle. Here are some signs that you might be struggling with the fear of man. You shy away from dealing with social and political issues because you don't want to make people uncomfortable. You rehearse mistakes you've made over and over in front of people and feel fresh embarrassment all over. You ever do that laying in bed? Why did I say that? Yes! Fresh all over again. A couple weeks ago, Natalie was over at the house, her and Shayon, they were eating with us. She's like, she's like, Marv, you remember on Mother's Day? I was like, yeah. She's like, shouldn't you have had the lady stand instead of the guy stand? I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I'm laying in bed like, why did I do that? Fresh embarrassment. You feel it all over again. What, this other one. You hesitate to challenge broken systems and structures because of the possible backlash. It's called fear of man. 
How about this? You say yes to things you really don't want to do to keep people happy. We call that the fear of? The fear of? How about this? Your convictions are always shifting back and forth to what is popular. Just back and forth. Well, that's in now, so I'm on that. How about this? You have unrealistic expectations of the people in your family because you're just worried about what people might think about your family. And so you're putting all kinds of pressure on the people you love and making life for them hard. We call that the fear of man. How about this? You spend what you really don't have just because you want to compete and impress other people. We call that the fear of man and unwise living. How about this? You never do challenging things because you're just afraid of failing in front of people. Call that the fear of man. How about this? You're not making good decisions that you need to make in your life for yourself because you're afraid of letting certain people down. Something that I tell my boys all the time is, you want to live your life disappointing the right people. You're like, okay, explain that. What that means is, Devon's my boy, I like him. But if he calls me and says, Marv, I, I need to talk to you for a couple minutes. But Zion, my oldest boy, comes to me and says, Dad, I need to talk to you for a couple minutes. I like you, brother, but you're going to have to wait. Amen. Because I'm not going to disappoint my son to disappoint other people, to, right, to, to make other people happy. Live your life disappointing the right people. Now I'm going to tell him, I'm going to call you back in a couple minutes. But he's going to have to wait. Don't let the fear of man mess with the way you live your life. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. That means it's a trap. But the person who trusts in the Lord is protected. Let me show you why. Look at verse 6. Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You should circle verse 7. You are worth more than many sparrows. You are important. To, here's the thing. Sparrows was the cheapest bird that you can buy in the marketplace. I'm serious. Look down. I'm not lying. I'm not making two pennies. The cheapest bird in the... People in that culture thought sparrows were insignificant, that they did not matter. And it's the same for you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You live your life in this world and some people look at you and they say, you don't matter. But you need to understand that you matter to God, that he sees you and that he knows you. God watches over you. He knows all about you. God provides for you. How come nobody is saying amen? God values you. Come on, don't leave me up here by myself. He loves you. And here's the thing. When you read the Gospel of Luke, he makes it very clear. Spiritual warfare is a very real thing. And you've got a real spiritual enemy. And you know what he does all the time? When you're in tough moments, he tries to get you thinking that this is not true. That God doesn't care about you, especially when life is hard. When you hear you're sick 
and it's serious. When the marriage is just a little bumpy, when the family member is just sitting on your last nerve, when parenting is real hard, when that relationship that you've been hoping for just hasn't shown up yet, when your adult kids say, I'm not following Jesus, Satan tries to get you to think God does not care about you. When it's hard to make ends meet, he says, God doesn't care about you. When life takes some unexpected turn, he says, God does not care about you. But here is what I want to tell you today. When you hear those lies, when you hear those lies, you turn and you say to that enemy of yours, Satan, you say to him, oh, no, 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 no. God loves me. You know what he told me? It's through many trials and tribulation that we enter the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't promise you an easy journey. He didn't say it was all going to be cush. It's not always peaches and cream. Sometimes life is hard, but Jesus said, take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus is at home, and because he's home, you are going to make it home. And so you say to Satan, I hear your lies, but I want you to know that God is sanctifying me in my life. Amen. Amen. That you're telling me God doesn't care, but I know God's carrying me right now in the struggle. You're telling me I'm all alone, but that's not true. I got a church family, and if I speak up, I know somebody's going to step in and help me. I am not by myself. And you tell him, oh, you're lying to me, brother. You know, in Jamaica, we tell him, move off. (laughs) Why? Because God is preparing me preparing. You know why? Because in your tough moment, God is getting you ready to be able to minister to somebody else when their tough time comes. He is doing good work in you and he lies to you. Go ahead, boy. Fear the Lord and no one else because then Jesus will acknowledge you. Look at verse 8. He says, and I say to you, anyone who acknowledges me before the Son of Man Sorry, anyone who acknowledges me before the Son of Man will, the Son of Man will acknowledge him before the angel of God. But whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Jesus says, if you stand with me, if you choose not to fear people, If you are open about where your allegiance lies in hostile times, he says, I'll stand with you. Jesus says, if you disown me, though, I will disown you. See, your attitude and your stance towards Jesus is no joke. It's very important. The scribes and the Pharisees, they had the wrong stance, wrong attitude towards Jesus. They spoke against the Son of Man. In chapter 11, Verse 15 to 16, they called the good things that Jesus did evil. They said they, that Jesus, he, that he worked by satanic power. They rejected Jesus and the gospel. And that is what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. To say the good things that Jesus has done are bad. And, and Jesus says people who do this will not be forgiven. Here's why. Because people who blaspheme the Holy Spirit, they are committed in their stance to reject Jesus and the gospel. Here's you gotta, what the text is telling you. 
Denying Jesus has eternal consequences. It's not a small thing. And when you're facing hostility, it's tempting, isn't it? Right? Sometimes we look at Peter at that, at that fire and we're like, come on, Peter. And you act like you wouldn't have done the same thing. Too, we're too hard on Peter. That's my boy. He's always telling you what he thinks. It's real tempting to deny Jesus. But here's what I want to tell you. Do not let the fear of man mess with your future. It has eternal consequences. I also want you to see the, the unity of the Godhead. See, to speak, when you speak against Jesus, you're speaking against the Spirit. They're united. The unity that they, that the, the Godhead shows us is the unity that we are to have in our local church. And remember, unity, not uniformity, not sameness, but committed to the things of God, the truth of the gospel the theologically accurate things that we have to agree on. Unity, not uniformity. Then I want you to notice, Jesus cares about the disciples. Well, let me show you. In verse 4, he calls them my friends. In verse 7, he says, don't be afraid. He knows that it can be tough to be opposed. He says, don't, he cares. Then in verse 11, he says, don't Worry. All of these are commands. This is the kind of people you want in your life. This is the kind of friend you want in your life. People who, when they speak words, they bring peace to your heart in tough times. Don't just friend up anybody. You want people, you're, you want people in your life, when you look at them, you're like, you are down for me. When you speak, when life takes an unexpected turn, your words bring peace, confidence, and trust in God. That's the kind of people who you want in your life. And notice that Jesus tells them what they need to hear. That's another kind of person you want in your life. Who tell you, tells you what you need to hear so you can stay on the right path, on the path of peace. Peace, not people who tell you lies, who love you enough to tell you the truth. That's the kind of people you want in your life. Fear the Lord and no one else. Because in pressure moments, the Holy Spirit's got you. Fear the Lord and no one else. Because in pressure moments, Anthony, the Holy Spirit's got you. Look at verse 11. Whenever they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, here's the command, don't worry. Don't worry about how you should defend yourselves or what you should say. Here's one of them promises in the Bible that should make you sing, hallelujah, I am not alone. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk, say it, Shay, in your, oh yeah, stand up, I want you to sing it right now. No, seriously, stand up. Stand up. Brother, you know the song. You lead us, you follow him. Go ahead. Just the chorus. Come on. Lift it up. Come on. Give him another one. Give him another one. It's all right. Sing it. Sing. 
Come on, Shay, sing it. Lift it up. Come on, give, him a, give it to him again. I didn't plan to do it, but I'm, I'm, you're doing it. says to the disciples, do not stress. Don't panic. You have supernatural help. And if you read the book of Acts, which is part two of the Gospel of Luke, this shows up all the time. They get in trouble, the Spirit of God shows up and works powerfully through them. The Spirit is with us and the day might come for us when we face opposition like this where you get dragged in front of rulers where you face heavy opposition for your faith but here's what the bible says to you the holy spirit will tell you what to say the holy spirit will tell you when to say it and the holy spirit will tell you how to say it not alone and while i have you let me tell you this you can oppose the people of god but you cannot stop the work of God. Amen. You can oppose the people of God, but you can't stop the work of God because the Spirit of God is in the people of God, empowering them to live for the glory of God. That is your reality. And so we hold our peace. Let me tell you something. Fear the Lord and no one else. Fear your triune God. And no one else. Notice the Father is represented in verse 5. The Son is represented, spoken of in verse 8. And the Spirit in verse 12. When you fear the Lord and no one else, you are making God the biggest thing in your life. And you are putting people in their proper place. Fear the Lord and no one else. Stand with me as I pray. Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise. You are the one who are worthy of our worship, our reverence, our awe, our respect. Because you, God, are all powerful. And you, God, are thoughtful, loving, and kind. You know, Lord God, that life in this world can get tough. And you make sure we have the Spirit with us to empower us to live the life, a wise life, the life you want us to live. A life that's filled with the fear of God and no one else. God, we sung earlier that we we pour out our praise to you because of your goodness, because of all the things that you do for us, because of your thoughtfulness, because of your kindness, because you help a weak people. You help them to be strong. You help them to take a stand. You help them to be wise 
in their life, when they say, I'm going to fear you, I'm going to respect you, I'm going to live for you, you come alongside in a powerful way. And Lord, when we look at you, when we listen to the word, we realize so clear that you are worthy of all our praise. You are worthy of all our fear and reverence. You are worthy of it all. Help us to lift our voice and make that known to each other and to make that known to the world. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.